Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, what up? Bye week here for Iowa State football. Perfect time to give you guys some extra content here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. If you've listened to me for a while, you know how big of a fan I am of Iowa State women's basketball. This just might be the most anticipated season in the history of Iowa State women's basketball. Earlier this week, Iowa State was ranked 8th in the Associated Press preseason top 25. And I hope you got your season tickets for Hilton Coliseum because this is a, I don't want to put too much on them. Anything can happen in March. This is a Final Four national championship caliber basketball team that we have to look forward to watching. And every year, head coach Bill Finley gives me a few minutes to preview the season. This podcast, unlike... Probably anything Coach and I have ever done, we get into everything. Uh, not only the team, but we get into recruiting. Are you a parent and you have questions about how to get your daughter recruited? We get into that. We get into the new Big 12. We get into name, image, and likeness. We get into even a little Major League Baseball at the end. We touch on it all here over the next 45 minutes to preview the 2022-23 Iowa State women's basketball season let's get after it welcoming my dear friend bill finley all right coach well i was watching you in kansas city yesterday and kind of taking some notes on it and i uh it kind of gave me goosebumps when you kind of compared this team to 2000 and i don't not for expectation's sake but i've just been around you enough to know how special that time was in your career and I don't know. I'm really excited. I've already planned on with my with my sister and mom and dad where we've got six or seven dates where we're going to come to women's basketball games as a family this year. And it just seems like when I heard you say that, it's like, ah, coach, coach can replicate this because he he's that excited as well. That's pretty special. I'm, I'm happy for you at this stage in your career, man, that you're you're this excited to get a season going. Yeah, C-Dub, thank you for good to talk to you again. And um, yeah, it, it, you know, when you get to a certain time in your career, you know, you're like, all right, it, are, are you ever going to get back some of the things that, 
um, you always thought were special and, and, and kind of got this thing going. And this group reminds me of that group. And, and obviously that's a high bar. Uh, that group was so talented and they won championships and got deep into the tournament. But I think the biggest thing they did was they really kind of got this thing where the fan base connected and that's kind of got it going, you know, the Angie's, the Stacy's, the Megan, Tracy, that group. And this group does, they, they, they play the game different, but they remind me of, the, of those kids in the sense of how they came to work every day, the excitement they had to, to play for Iowa state, the excitement they had to play at Hilton and the way that they played with and for each other um, is really special. And it's been fun. Um, I, I think, you know, so far we're, we, we started out really well with practice and got through the media days and, this is the hardest time for a basketball player because you're mm-hmm. kind of grinding away and there's no really game in sight. But uh, I think we've turned the corner and we're excited to get this thing rolling. I, I was curious, is is I've covered so many of your teams where it's like, oh, we got a new point guard now. And you, and I know what practice is like. And it's like it's a grind to to get that uh, those ladies to the level that they need to be for the Big 12. I'm curious, like, how do you coach a team like this in the offseason? Because they're they're so accomplished, they're so experienced. Do you add more? Do you just try and refine what you already have? What is the process like when you have such an experienced basketball team? No, that's a great question. And I think what you want to do is is not become stale. And I think a couple things, Chris, is we have great leadership, obviously. Um, you know, Emily Ryan and Lexi Donarski, in my mind – is as good as any backcourt in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Ash is a great player, but Ash wasn't around all summer. She's student teaching, trying to get that stuff done. She was in Indianola, now she's in Boone. So she'll finish that up in a week or two. But Emily and, and Lex, you know, they're they're the leaders. And the, the one thing that, that we tried to do, um, you know, last year we lost seven games, and, and there were three styles that we did not handle. Uh, the Texas style, the Baylor, LSU, Kim Mulkey, Nikki Collin, just physically overwhelm you. And then Creighton with that open kind of East Coast Philly basketball mm-hmm. kind of thing. So we spent some time this summer, and that, that's on me, but we spent some time this summer just trying to figure out, all right, how do we handle every style, every situation? Um, uh, and, and, and obviously the other thing was getting Stephanie connected with her teammates and getting Danae back in uh, to, to what we're doing. So I thought we had a really good off season, really productive off season, but, uh, you know, we're letting M and Lex lead this thing and, uh, it's going really well. I, I want to get into the newcomers, but one of the things that I, it, it, I really love to see, uh, you, you do yesterday in Kansas city was when you, the quote was that I wrote down, a lot of people are forgetting what Mo did. Uh, and that's Morgan Kane. Cause Stephanie's this fascinating prospect. I, one of the most fascinating prospects in my career, when you factor in what she was ranked, where she went to undergrad, um, WNBA prospect who's just played in AI. Like, it's fascinating, and we all get enamored. All of us fans and media, we always get enamored by newcomers. Uh, but I, 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 that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you today is just how great of a teammate Morgan Kane's been. And she's, she's one of my favorite players you've ever had. And I was glad you highlighted her to start that thing yesterday. No, oh, thank you. Mo is, is such a good teammate. She's such a good kid. Um, she's been fighting some injury issues 
but she, you know, she's, you know, her time uh, on the court will be limited for, you know, because of that, but she's someone that, you know, I think, like you said, you know, Stephanie comes and not just, she's a new player, but she's six, six. And mm-hmm. our fans are like, Oh my goodness, we've never had this before. And like you said, it's, it's, it's such a interesting story of, you know, family from Brazil and she goes to NAIA school and she ends up here and it, it just created so much excitement that, I think people, I mean, I actually got more, I've gotten more questions about her than I did Ashley Jones or it, but again, it's like the most popular kid on campus is the backup quarterback, yeah. you know, and it's like, yeah. here comes Steph. And, you know, we were 28 and seven last year and Morgan Kane was a huge part of that. And she still is a huge part of it. It's just, we'll have some different looks and that's a good thing. We'll be able to do a few things different with Steph than we did with Mo, but you know, the, the, there's no one on our team that that are, that is trusted more than Mo, appreciated more than Mo, in a sense of how hard she's worked, what she's done to get herself to the court, and she's a grinder. You know, you're talking about an undersized post player in our league, mm-hmm. and to find a way to have success is a tribute to her, and um, she's off to a good start, and she's a huge part of what we're about. Okay, so walk me through. Stephanie's recruitment like when was the first time you heard had you heard of her before yeah. I assume you did at some point down the road but that this is just so unique yeah it really is and I, I don't want to bore everyone with it but um, we had heard about Stephanie in high school we made a call and she was very young um, but when we were told by the high school coach and her AU coach that Stephanie would be going to the master's college uh because it's a it's a very it's a Christian based. Uh, her family are missionaries. Her dad went there. Her brother went there. Her sister went there. Her little brother's there. Um, the only person who didn't go there was her mother, who went to the University of Texas. And so that was it. Okay, wish her luck. She goes to the Masters College, has a good two years. Hurts her knee, plays again. Um, a friend of mine plays in the same league. Uh, heard she was was thinking about taking her her redshirt year and wants to play at a t- at a high level to be a pro, and so we kind of kept paying attention, waiting to see if we heard anything. We see her name go in the portal. We call and she's like, "Oh, I remember you guys." And uh, it was probably Chris about a three week discussion to get her to visit. Um, she made one official visit, and it was to us. Uh, actually the funny story is she visited us. We flew her mom up from Brazil where her parents live Steph in from California. It was Easter Sunday. Hmm. And I told Deb, I go, babe, I got to go. And she's like, it's Easter Sunday. And I showed her a picture of Steph and she goes, you better get your butt to the airport. <laughs> um, and and when, when the plane landed, I don't know if people remember this, it was snowing like crazy in Des Moines on Easter Sunday. Really? Okay. So I'm picking her up. I said, Steph, you got Christmas and Easter on the same day, but luckily we play in front of 10,000 people inside. um, She had a great visit, loved it, signed, and now she's here. So it was a a quick one, but it was one of those things that you're reminded of. You never know the contacts you made back in the day and how it worked out. But uh, she's a phenomenal kid. I mean, she's a very good player, Chris, but – our fans are going to love her. She's just so mature, such an adult, and uh, has been a great addition to our university 
let alone our team. I feel like, too, that that might be a more contemporary recruiting story going forward with the transfer portal, right? I mean, you never – I mean, you stop recruiting them when they sign, but then, like, they can leave so easily now. You, even if you didn't get one, they may come back around in a couple of years. Oh, I mean, I, I think that that's a big piece of it, that a couple of things in recruiting is you're probably going to recruit, um, especially a regional kit, um, that maybe – you know, you don't think you can get because they're going to go, you know, in football, they're going to go to Alabama or in women's basketball, they're going to go to South Carolina or UConn or something. You're going to recruit them, especially regionally, because like you said, because of the portal. Mm-hmm. Then when you recruit a kid and you don't get them, um, my message has always been the same. And it's like, hey, we appreciate your time. It was an honor to get to know you and your family. We're going to root for you unless we have to play against you. Mm-hmm. And that that and and you leave it. It is the epitome of you better not burn any bridges, um, because the the fallback for most of these kids is they come closer to home, and they come to schools that had recruited them the first time that they obviously liked you because you were involved. Yeah, but they made a choice for another reason. So absolutely, that's a. That's going to be a huge piece of your plan moving forward. And I think all of us are learning that as we go and as we all adjust to, you know, portal life. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, the, the Stephanie recruitment seems to me like it was just a perfect fit for everybody, too. I mean, I just because yeah. I know the culture the family type deal for your program. So not only basketball wise, but it fits perfect for her. And if I could have drawn up like a transfer portal that you needed in the off season, I, I would have specifically drawn her, right? It just it oh, felt yeah. perfect and, to and me. I think the thing that when we – yeah, when we when we started the process in, in earnest with Steph, it was – my big thing is, you know, I, I tell young people, um, and, and I told Steph, I like, you, you know, especially a transfer who has one year, like you got to get this right yeah. or at least – you better feel like I'm going to get this right. And I'm like, you want to go where you really wanted and where you really needed. And the combination of position need for us, you're a post player. So you want to play with great guards. You're never going to get double team. Cause we have Ashley Jones. You have a great fan base. You know, you, you have all the things that, that fit. Um, we allowed her this summer to leave, to go play for the Brazilian national team. Some schools would have said no. Um, so we just kind of use that model. And when I sat down with her and her mother, I'm like, it checks off all the boxes for you and for us. And I think they felt really comfortable with that. They loved Ames. They loved our community. Uh, obviously coming in April, there's not a ton of stuff going on, but I think they got a great sense of, you know, to come from Southern California, families in Brazil, uh, originally from Seattle, Washington area where she was born. Uh, I think they felt really, really comfortable. But, and I think the number one thing, and this is someone, if someone said, what is the number one reason Stephanie came to Iowa State? I would tell you Emily Ryan. Mm. I mean, she got connected with Emily right away. And if you're a post player and you want to play with a really good point guard who's going to throw you the ball, number 11 is, is that's your person. So, uh, that and a really good dinner at Cheesecake Factory at the Jordan Creek Mall helped. <laughs> I is is Emily Ryan. I I think somehow she's underrated. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, I, I completely agree. And that, that sounds kind of silly when you're a 
all Big 12 player. But I think when you look at Emily, she is someone that she is not going to be the most athletic kid. It's not always going to look um, aesthetic and, and perfect and smooth and, you know, like a quarterback that knows exactly where the ball is going to go all the time. She just finds a way to make plays that win games. She's been a winner her whole life. She's a leader by nature in a world where a lot of young people don't talk. Um, they're texting and Instagramming and, and, and the, the commu- you know, communication skills of young people isn't what it used to be. If you came to practice, you're going to hear two voices a lot. And, and one of them is mine and the other one's Emily Ryan. Hmm. Uh, she's always talking. She's always supportive. Uh, she's exactly, she is the perfect fit for our program, our school, our community. And, uh, and it's been, it's been a joy to be around her and as humble a kid as you can come up and can, can be around Chris and she loves Iowa state and, uh, she grew up a fanatical Kansas state fan. So I think that part of it's been hard to get out of good. her. But, well, we trans uh, we, good. We, we we got her moving on from that though. We don't need. That's any. right. We did. We right. worked hard at that one. So <laughs> great, great to have her here. I enjoy getting to know her and Lexi a little more. They came to some events with us over Thank the summer. They loved it. Oh, yeah. we had a blast, and it, it is funny because I was I was telling some of our um, partners in those deals. I was like, I, I promise you, like the women players might be bigger draw than the men's, and because. <clears throat> Because your fan base is fanatical. The women's fan base is because I'm one of them and I, I've been that way ever since Lindsay and I were freshmen in college. Like I didn't I didn't miss a game. And it got me to thinking as is I was getting ready for this, you've kind of you've kind of seen it all. And going into this, like so we've covered we've covered Cyclone women's basketball day to day for a long time uh at Cyclone Fanatic and it's not just because you're you guys are really good now. You've you've always had a good program. The emergence of the popularity of women's sports in general is fascinating to me. Uh, watching watching high level volleyball, you know, it, it's getting a lot more play now. The women's game, in my opinion, has really taken off since 2020. What? Well, how has it been for you, Coach, to sit back and kind of? watch this because when you're, when you started your career, I mean, I've been in your office, you got that ticket with like, how many people were there? Like 300 people at Hilton Coliseum. <laughs> there you go. And now, I mean, you're, you're talking national TV, uh, social media certainly helped it, but I don't think there's, have you ever seen more hype, not hype, um, popularity with just women's sports in general? No, not at all. And I think there's so many reasons for it. Obviously the you know, I think it all kind of a lot of it started with the success of the women's soccer, USA women's soccer. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that created uh, an initial sense of pride nationally that, hey, look at our that's that's our team. And oh, by the way, they're women. Yeah. And and then you see the growth of other sports. Um, the, the corporate world has, you know, the society's changed and the corporate world is finding niches where um, people are interested in women's sports. They're willing to to put their their corporate dollars in it. It's never going to be football, men's basketball, the NBA. Um, it's just not. But it can grow to a level where, like you said, I mean, volleyball is a lot of fun to watch. The athleticism and and like what Christy's done with our team, and um, you know, I think women's basketball's grown. Like you look at all the numbers, the metrics that everyone uses, 
you know, viewership's up, social media is up, you know, content is up. So I think that's where people are just saying, all right, they're, they're, the, the niche has grown. And I think it's grown with, I, I think the thing that in everyone that I've talked to, Kristen, you know, I mean, not that you enjoy uh, placing a friendly wager once in a while. But, <laughs> no, not me. Uh, the, your locks have been pretty good, by the way. Yeah, I'm on. I'm, I'm feeling it right now. Let's not jinx it. Pretty good. But I think the one thing that's happened, Chris, and, and not just from a gambling standpoint, is the the 30 to 50 year old white guys have started to pay a little more attention. And it's interesting the ones that pay attention. A lot of them are saying, "Well, I have three daughters." Yeah. Um, you know, and now they're maybe they were forced to pay attention. And now they like it. And so it's, it's, it, like I said, I, I think it's, it's going to continue to grow incrementally. Um, but where does the, and you're, you're so savvy and all this corporate stuff and Amazon and the digital stuff and where's TV going and all I, I, that stuff is way, way above my head, but it has grown. And I think it, it'll continue to be more mainstream than it's been maybe in the last, even the last five years. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. My my theory on the women's game, and I, it, it's very evident when you watch your team, especially uh, Lexi comes to mind. Uh, but when you watch like March Madness in the women's game, I call it the Steph Curry effect. You jump in if I'm if I'm wrong here, but I just think for so many years we were all in our you know driveway trying to mimic Michael Jordan. Well, there's very few human beings who can do that, right? Like he's freak athlete plays above the rim. We can't, there's only one shack, right? And then Steph Curry comes along and I'm watching Lexi and I'm watching Caitlin over in Iowa and I'm watching all these women across the country and they look like Steph Curry out there. They're play, That is my theory. Am I onto something with the women's oh, I, game? And I think it's made it a better product. No, I, I think it absolutely. And I think it, you've even seen it in the men's game, but like it, your point of, yeah, they look like Steph Curry. I mean, undersized, kind of skinny. You know, when you, I mean, obviously now, I mean, he's grown into his body, but you look at pictures of him at Davidson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looks like a ninth grader. Yeah. And I think what you see now is, like you said, with Lex and, you know, Caitlin and so many, you know, Paige Beckers. And so it's like, all right, you don't have to, you need to be ultra skilled. Like Steph Curry, I don't know that he can dunk. I don't know if he's ever done. <laughs> it's like it used to be you had to be Shaq, Michael Jordan. You had to be this powerful, you know, Giannis or Zion Williamson and just overpower physically LeBron. And now it's like, hey, I'm skilled and, and you can go dunk on anybody you want. That's two. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick one out here. That's three. Yeah. And and I I do. The game is. I mean, there's, you can have a debate, you know, and, and I think it'd be a great question sitting at a bar some night of name the athletes that have really, really changed their sport. I don't know that you could say 
Steph Curry wouldn't be at the top of that list. He has completely changed our sport, not just in the NBA, but boys, girls. Yeah. I mean, every, everyone wants to be Steph Curry. Um, and uh, the, he's done, and he's a great young man. I mean, I he just seems so genuine and such a good dude that, like you said, I think the women's game translates so easy, easily to a Steph Curry. There is no Shaq. And that's exactly right. Do, do you see that when you're scouting? Like, I mean, young high school girls, like with that quick release and just the range, because that's yeah. what stands out to me. And you never saw that before Steph hit the mainstream. No, everyone's doing it now. They all want to, <laughs> if you're a guard, um, or even if you're not a guard, like you, if you just sat in a gym and watched kids walk onto the court, they walk right to the three-point line. They don't walk underneath the basket. They're all out there dribbling the ball. Mm. Um you know, step back, uh, you know, whatever it is they they're, they're figured out ways to say, all right, I'm not as big as you strong as you, whatever. I'm just going to be a lot more skilled than you and basketball. While there is a physicality to it, obviously, and, you know, size, you know, if you have a big guy that helps, but it's still such a skill related driven game that if you can pass it, catch it, and shoot it, especially the three, you're going to be just fine. And and that that is is here to stay. That is not going away. And um, Steph Curry had a lot to do with that. Yeah, especially with the analytics. I mean, you said the three being more than two thing. I mean, you, you even noticed that in, in Hilton. And granted, our men probably aren't a great example because they're the you know they're basically like the. I give TJ crap. I say you're basically like the Iowa football team. In, in basketball, but um, I know like the a three almost gets as big of a pop as like a dunk used to because the fans are more educated now too. It's just I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, the game's right. just different. It's so much analytics, and I think for us, especially in the women's game, because we're not dunking. Yeah. Well, obviously in the men's game, a breakaway dunk. You yeah. know, you know, soon gets an alley oopers or. You know, that, that's going to you – know, that fires up the building. But then you go back on defense and some kid, you know, runs off a screen at six of three, and it's like, oh, okay, you know. and uh, But that's all part of it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I joke with people when they come to Sukup, if you want to see great defense, turn to the right. If you want to see <laughs> offense, turn to the left. <laughs> you couldn't have more complex styles, like, on each I side. Mean, it, like, it's, it's, it's completely different. It's, it's fun. and. I mean, TJ's guys are just defending their you-know-what's off. And, uh, I mean, what he's done there is incredible. And it's been fun. And, you know, I mean, I think Iowa State's in a great spot with so many people with Matt and TJ and Coach Dresser's the man and uh, Christy. It, it's been, you know, it's been a lot of fun. And as as my as I see the end of my career, it's fun to be a part of it when it's um, so many special people and, I see the university headed in such a great, great way. Uh, on, on that note, how much are you paying attention to the big? T- you have to have your pulse on the NIL stuff because it impacts recruiting so much. But how how does an old dog like you, you know, stay afloat on all the? Cause it's just so it's overwhelming because it feels like every other day something changes. Future of the Big Twelve, I feel like is pretty good, but it's still been a little bit turbulent. How, how do you? How much do you pay attention to all this stuff? Oh, constantly. Yeah. I, I mean, we can sit here all we want and say, oh, I don't like the portal and I don't like NIL. It's here. 
So let's figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to figure out in our own way. We are not a pay for play place. We're just not. Um, our kids have made some money, Ash, Lex, that, you know, people like you and Emily have, have had some opportunities because they've earned them. They've worked to get them the way they've represented the university. Um, but you're always paying attention. Uh, I try and pay a lot of attention to, you know, I'd love to listen to Jack Whitfer. I love to listen to guys who are in it from a, from a lawmaking perspective. Yeah. Um, the big 12 thing, I like, I agree with you, Chris, I think we're in great shape now. Great could be relative as to who's in the league, who's not in the league. I the thing that is a little frustrating to me is the whole Texas Oklahoma thing. Mm-hmm. Like, just just go. Which yeah. and again, that, that's just me. Like I, the whole thing is is so awkward. It's very awkward. Yeah. I mean, it's like every time something happens, you know the why did it's like did they why, why do we care? It just. It's a very, I, I don't know. What well, it's a bit toxic is. too. Cause you've, I mean, oh, no question. Cause everybody's rooting against yeah. them. And then right. like, they're very defensive and they're bad mouthing the league that they're in. And like, I'm talking more from fans at this point, but I mean, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't see. No, it's hard. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's a very weird dynamic when you, you sit like to me, you sit in a conference meeting and Texas, Oklahoma in the meeting and you're looking at them going, we're talking about stuff. And they're going to be gone. Well, what are they telling the SEC? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that, but again, that the, the legal part of this is so crazy. But, but I've been really impressed with our new commissioner. That dude's getting after it, yeah. and and I'm telling you, man, you better not tell him it can't be done. <laughs> he reminds me, he, his style is a lot different, but he reminds me of Jamie, you oh. know, Pollard. Like, yeah. oh, you don't think we can get this done? Watch this, you know. So. I don't know where it's going to go. And and like I said, the whole, the TV and streaming and all this kind of stuff is crazy, but I feel like we're, we're in a really, really solid spot and adding the schools we're adding. I think it'll be fun for the fans to go to Orlando or, you know, go to BYU or, you know, I, I do think there'll be some newness to it. The unbalanced basketball schedule will create some, angst the, yeah, un, you know, I, the football schedule i hate that, that but what do you once do once that happens yeah. our fan i think a lot of people are going to go like whoa, whoa whoa this is not good that that is going to create a problem the un, there's no way around it yeah but how come we had to play these three it looks like you hear what iowa football hasn't played these teams forever and everyone complains about it well yeah. that's going to come to our league next so i don't know how they're going to do that yeah, no, it's it's not ideal. I've always been a proponent. We need to have like ten leagues that are all regional, and it's like the old Big Eight. And we just remember the days where you could drive to every away game. It was amazing. Now they weren't on TV, so you I mean you you about had to, but like it was great. When I was in college, we drove to almost every away football game as long as it wasn't one of the Texas schools. And yeah, and I think that's the thing that. You know, when you sit there and you're, you're looking at your league and, and you know, like the Big Ten, you know, you're going from Rutgers to USC, it you know. No um, and, I've, and, I, and our commissioner has said, you know, we want to be in four time zones. Um, you know, the, obviously we know, you know, the football drives all of this, but, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things that, you know, at the end of the day, you got to focus on yourself. You focus on what what's good for Iowa State. The leadership here is amazing. It's never been better. Dr. Winterstein and Jamie and Callie do such a good job of having a vision and, and they calm all of us down. 
when the coaches are like all, you know how coaches are, they're always crazy and they're always <laughs> mad about something or worried about something. It's funny to you me know? when when all the when everything hits the fan with this stuff cuz I think fans think that you and TJ and Matt are like in the room. And I'm all I'm like, I'm like guys like I I, like, I read it, I see it on Twitter just <laughs> like everybody else. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'll, I'll call you guys every once in a while. And, you, you have, and sometimes you guys will call me. Be like, hey, what well, are you hearing? And, like, it just – I don't think fans truly realize, like, how up that level, uh, uh, up that pole things get. Yeah, J- Jamie said something to us one time, and I thought it was a really good statement, that people who know don't talk. <laughs> people who don't know talk. <laughs> and he does a great job of at least telling us what he can. Yeah. And I'm sure there's stuff that Dr. Winterstein can't tell him. Probably, it's, it's, yeah. You know, it, it like any industry, at some point, the upper level people who make the decisions. I mean, they don't want something leaked. I mean, we live in a world out with you guys with the media. <laughs> there's so many people that are that are involved, and in, I mean, you see all these stories, and oh, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen well, because that's just the nature of the industry now. And yeah, it, our I mean, industry. So Worried yeah. about saying anything. Our industry hasn't done itself any favors either because of all the mass layoffs. So there's just so fewer watchdogs now. And anybody can get on Twitter. Anybody can. We're back in the day. If you wanted to put something like that out, I mean, it had to be source and fact check through like four people. Right. Yeah. And then that makes your job more difficult because then you have recruits calling you and saying, well, what, what the hell is this? Are you, you're going to the mountain West, right? Like I know you've had oh, those yeah. things before. Oh, believe me. We've had so many of that stuff that, Oh, I heard this and I heard that. And, you know, and now, like you said, the NIL stuff and this school's getting money. And, you know, then the rumors go, Oh, that's this school paid this kid, this kind of money. And it, you're right. I mean, and, and it's, it's some of the stuff uh, that people, and, it, it's not accurate. And it used to be, like you said, let, let's get it right. Now it's like, I want to be first. And if I'm wrong, it's like the weather. All right. I'm a weather man. I guessed wrong. All right. On to the next one. And th- that part of it has become really, um, I think sometimes that's caused some of the adversarial relationships between coaches, schools, and media. Um it's not like, hey, if if I coach a really bad game and make some terrible decisions, yeah, all right. The media should, you know, Tommy will say, Tommy Virtue, love him, does a great job, but <laughs> he covers us. And if he said, hey, that was a bad thing, all right, can't argue. But I think, you know, when you get into the other stuff and, and you know, it, it creates a problem. And and I don't know that we can get out of that one, Chris. I really don't. I, I don't either. There's so much competition in your industry now. Well, like you said, there's so many people that are doing it in a certain way that it is what it is. And you, you just got to ignore some of it. You get it's noise and you just forget it. I would say this is just me talking, but two thirds of the uh, people we're referencing don't even do it full time. They may not even be getting paid at all. They just have a Twitter feed and they're doing this as a hobby. But to the like, let's say a recruits parent who's on Twitter, they may not know the difference. Oh, and that's the thing with like some of the Twitter, you see the names. Yeah, it says like know, Cyclone, Cyclone something, something yeah. or Hawkeye yeah. something. Oh my God, they must be affiliated. And yeah, I've I've had to tell parents, well, they have seventeen followers. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah. that. That's a hint that probably, <laughs> you know, but yeah, but you have to deal with it. You do because it's just, it's just one of those things, and you're like, oh my goodness. So, 
you know, it, it is what it is. It's just unfortunate. We need to do this. We just, you and me solve all the world's problems. But right, just get together. I'm ready. All right. I had two more basketball questions and then sure. one, one general, uh, how does, sure. how does Stephanie going back to this, yeah. this and her plus the other ladies being older, does it take, does Ashley feel less pressure now? Cause I, I think she's, she puts so much on herself. Like as far as scoring goes, does this make her life easier this year? Uh, yes, it does. Now, whether or not she feels that, I don't know, Chris. Okay. I mean, I've told her, I've told her her numbers, her like points per game may go down, but she's going to have a better year because of who she's playing with and how she's playing and, and, and we can do some different things. So she is so competitive and so driven that I, I don't know that, that she'll see that. Like I hope she does. Um, and that's a work in progress, to be honest. Uh, but hopefully that will happen because I do think there's things that, you know, I told her, I said, you know, her field goal percentage will go up because she's going to take less shots, yeah. but they're going to be better shots. And, you know, I think we can get her to, you know, do, to do some things defensively that, that we didn't allow her to do last year. Cause we didn't want her getting foul trouble and um, she'll be a better product, better person, better player going professionally next year because they're going to see her do different things than, than she's probably done in the past. Probably fewer ice baths, too, I would think. Yeah, she got double and triple team more than Man. any player in the country last year, analytically. any I mean, that's a big statement in our country. In, in, in college yeah. women's basketball, she got double teamed or triple team more than any player in the United States and still managed to put up the numbers she did. So hopefully, uh, hopefully Steph and, and Danae – You'll like Danae Fritz too. Well, that was that was my next question. Where does she fit in? Because I don't know if a lot of fans really because they didn't get to see her last year. Where does she fit in with the team? Yeah, I, I joked after the Drake game that when I leave the Nap Center and have to go down one of those streets, I'm taking Danae with me. <laughs> and that's still the case. I mean, our fans are going to love her. She, and again, I hate comparing people, but everyone she reminds me of Megan Taylor. Oh, okay. I mean, just tough and compete and. Very like, not afraid to look at you and say no, you no, no, that's not going to happen. But if we can keep her healthy, she's she's going to be a big asset. She really is. She's five ten, five eleven. She can defend. She's athletic. She can shoot it. She's quick off her feet, quick to the basket. She's going to impact our team a lot. Our, our fans are going to love watching her play. She's a great kid. And and the funny story, you know, you always talk about recruiting. I mean, she's from Tennessee. And everyone's like, how'd she end up here? Billy found her. She'd committed to Belmont. Great program. Decided she wanted to go to a higher level. We got in touch with her. She was born in Ames. Her really? mother was doing her, her graduate work um, at, at Iowa State. Uh, her mother's now a prof uh, professor at Tennessee. Um, but she was actually born in Ames. So, it was like, it was meant to be. So, it's, it's kind of like the Steph story, the Danae story. There's some weird connection to our community, to our university. So love her. She's going to be, a, she's going to be fun to watch. I can't wait. Uh, my, the geek in me having watched you so closely over the years, I'm, I'm excited to watch the non-con and see how the rotation plays out. I think it'll be, you, you, you've got a lot of different options. Yeah. We, I mean, I, right now, Chris, I'm not kidding you. And again, you don't know how it's going to pan out, but we could, we could start eight different players depending on who we're playing so you have – if we had a game tonight, it would be the big three, obviously, and Danae and Steph. 
Then you got Mo Nye, who came on great. She was and, awesome and Maggie, in March. And, and Maggie, you know, Espen Miller McGraw. So all eight of those guys at some point in practice had done really, really well. Um, and, and all of them, I think, can, like if, like I said, tonight, all eight of them would see considerable time and and you'd feel good about where you were with those eight. So the last question I have for you is one that I get asked all the time. And I'm like, well, I'm not a coach. Um, I'm not the person to talk to, but you're, you're the perfect one. I mean, I, I'm watching my niece, Addison. You've, you've met her a few times and yeah. she's, she's a total stud, young athlete, small town. Um, and they get pulled in so many directions, right? Because their their competition to get scholarships are often in the bigger cities, and they're specializing and, and all that. Has has your opinion? What are what's your opinion now in two thousand twenty two? Maybe compared to even twenty years ago, on like if a young woman wants to get recruited, not even just in basketball. Maybe they want to play volleyball. Maybe they want to play softball. Are you still a four sport guy? Yes. Or are you a three sport guy still? I, I think you play everything. Okay. And- the thing I would say, Chris, is this. Every sport's different. My thing is I love multi-sport athletes. I love people that commit to their school, to commit to their friends. Because if you're a great basketball player, you probably can fake it in volleyball or fake it on the track team. Um, my suggestion would be to anyone out there with that would be a couple of things. Number one, make sure that the basketball coach, the volleyball coach, the track coach are communicating. Like yeah. if you're if you're having a really tough basketball season – you might need a couple of weeks off before you go to track. And, and I think that's a problem. I, I, I mm. don't think there's enough coaches that truly have that conversation with the parents, with the kids. And, and, and they're so consumed by their own sport. And the other thing is I would tell young people, you need to take a break. I mean, your body's not, I mean, I see so many kids, Chris, when they come to us, their bodies just can't take it. Yeah. They've, they've played, I mean, they're playing 75 AAU basketball games in a summer. Um, you know, they're playing year round. Then they go to another sport. Then they're, oh, I went to homecoming. I went to a volleyball game. Then I went to an AAU basketball tournament. Be a kid, have fun, represent your school, um, but but work with the coaches and work to find time to, to let your body heal. I know some states used to have like a mandatory you had to have a week off between seasons. I, I don't think a lot of states do that anymore. So that would be my suggestion. Um, and I think it, it shows uh, the kids that can do that. Have, balance is not a bad thing in life. And and I don't, I don't know why you can't start that with a young person at a young age. Yeah, I feel like it, this is kind of on the adults too, right? Because I, I know – there's Maybe a lot of, because like Maybe the, the softball coach can't be requiring winter workouts while they're trying to do a basketball season and that type of thing. That is 100% accurate. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that, that'll be good. Cause I, I can, I get asked that question all the time and I, I'm not oh, yeah. the one to answer it, but I just, I see, man, I even see it with little Cammy. Uh, oh. Like she wanted to play softball and they were doing spring soccer during the same time. And I, I'm like, we can't do both. So she's already behind because she's not choosing to play soccer two times. So she's behind in that sport now. But if she would have done soccer in the fall and the spring, then she would have been behind in softball. And it's as a parent, I don't know what to do half the time. Yeah, no. And I think that's a, that, like you said, it falls on the adults. And, and, and the thing that people forget is how many of those kids, Cammy's age, or as they get on now, Will's eight, Will's eight years old. Okay. My grandson, Will, yep. he plays, 
baseball, basketball, flag football, golf. He's not – there's a good chance he's not going to be a Division One athlete. <laughs> but he could be a great high school player, contribute yeah. to his school, have a great time, have a great experience, you know, build some memories for life. And if he ends up at a junior college, he ends up at, you know, a D3 school or, or whatever, or he just comes to Iowa State and say, hey, I'm going to be really good in intramurals in a lot of different sports. That's a great thing. Yeah. I, I think the idea that we're, we're that, you know, well, if Cammy has to pick because she wants to be a division one soccer player, softball player, that's ridiculous, but it happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I see it. I mean, I see it in basketball. I see these seven U, eight U world teams and they're like, Oh no, you gotta, you gotta focus down on basketball because that's, that's your sport. I, I just, I don't understand it. And, um, wow. but I, you know, I see it all the time. And, like you said, now as as dad, yeah, you're gonna have. And Cammy's like, Daddy, I want to do both. Well, honey, yeah. she had she had seven different. And they're doing it at the same time. She had seven activities she wanted to do this fall, oh, and I I let yeah. her pick four. I said, you gotta because yeah. I even me like I can't get her to all these things. Well, it's the just not possible. Is, as 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 a parent, um, you want them to to do what they want, what they love to do, have fun doing it. But like you said, there is time. And all this stuff costs money. Yeah. And you sit there and you're like, all right, let's try all these things. And, you know, if you don't like my, my Callie, my, my granddaughter was like, she did gymnastics and dance and she liked dance better. And okay, let's do dance. And so I, I just think that it's great to let them try it. But the, the parents just, you know, parents got to get out of the way now <laughs> and, and let them enjoy it. And, Provide what you can. That's what every mom, dad, grandma, grandpa want to do. But 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 let's let's take a step back and let's look at the big picture here a little bit better than we've done. And hopefully, uh, you know, we're, the college coaches aren't making this worse. And, and we probably are. But uh, that that's that's on us too. We've got to do a better job of a, of sending that message down to the parents, well. down to the kids. Just, so they can have a good time. Just stuff like this last five minutes will go a long way, Coach, that people hearing you talk like that, it's good stuff. It's probably a good thing to end on. You will see us. Uh, we will be in Hilton a lot this year. You'll see my my see little you, my little ones in cheerleading. We'll probably be in the GA section, the rowdy section. That's probably where we're going to be sitting That's at. That's where you belong. But uh, <laughs> And congrats with all the Iowa Everywhere stuff. Oh, thank you. fun to follow. You and Chris do a great job. And, it's it's been great. So we wish you nothing but the best. And you're one of the best dudes ever. You 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 started uh, covering and rooting for us and helping us before it was fashionable to do so. So we'll <laughs> never forget that, buddy. I promise you. I appreciate you more than you know too. And, and I'm sorry about the early exit for your Cardinals. I really wanted Cardinals Braves just to have uh, the text chain going. I'm, I'm still I'm still frustrated, <laughs> but. Hey, that's that's playoff baseball, man. Yeah, you just never been a wild one in the National League. I mean, who would have thought that? Like, man, yeah, I know it. I, the I, Phillies I, are that hot team, though, aren't they? Oh, they're that. Well, their, their pitching's just good enough, yeah. and then all of a sudden, here comes Harper, and mm. you know, last night, I mean, Harper and Schwarber hit home runs, and you know, their defense isn't that good, but they they're like you said, they they got hot. They've been playing playoff baseball for a month, mm-hmm. and you know, I I thought the Padres would beat them, to be honest with you, but. They still might, but the Phillies just got some mojo going. That to, it'd be fun to be in Philly now. The Eagles and them. <laughs> oh man! Big George started like those Philly. Win. Those Philly fans. They, I mean, Ooh. they were. 
they were taunting us and doing the tomahawk chop in like the second inning of that first game in Philly. It's just like they are the worst, those Philly fans. Coach, I love you, man. Thank you. Uh, best of luck this well. season. Say hi to the girls. <laughs>